I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. And I am not Alyssa. This is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. Um, We're going to start the evening off with discussing two stories about Governor Hogan. And just because we don't get... One-term Governor Hogan. One-term Governor Hogan. Call him one-term Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because we don't get to, like, actually say nice things so often, we're going to say nice things first, and then we're probably going to sink back into our usual expletive-laden discussion. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely snark even about the nice things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, as you know, because um, we've been talking about it since the first episode of the podcast. That's correct. Um... There is a bill, which will be HB1 in the new session of the uh, Maryland State Assembly, that um, prevents rapists from having parental rights um, of their children who are conceived as a result of the rape. Uh, It will be the ninth try um, for this to go through, but it it is House Bill 1, so um, hopefully it will. Hogan made a statement on Friday, public statement on Friday, saying he is ready to sign the legislation as soon as it reaches his desk. Um, And uh, some of the people in the past who have been um, maybe not not doing a great job... (laughs) Of supporting not 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 Zirkin, but some I was others. Say, are who we were, name a name? <laughs> no, not 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 Zirkin, but some others have um have made it very clear that it's a top priority for everybody. So it's looking very good. Um, Do we have a public record of Zirkin saying he's okay with it now? It's not in this particular article. They did say that at MLA. They did. They thought he was going to be on the bill. Yeah, they they did, yeah. Which is gross. Why does his name get to be on the bill? Gross. I I mean, I know, I get it, but it's just annoying. (laughs) My snarky comment is, I for some reason, I Googled Bobby Zirkin the other day. My impression was he was an old white man. Mm -hmm. He's not that old. Huh. Great. (laughs) It's not that. I was was expecting to be able to use the word decrepit to describe him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, So, yeah. Um, This article where Hogan says that he's ready to sign it, which, like, I, I don't really know. He hasn't been a super big advocate before, which he probably should have been. Um, or certainly should have been. He's a super big advocate for anything. I mean, like, Highways. tax cuts for the wealthy. <laughs> Bobby uh, Zirkin, 46. Really? Yeah! Really? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I was expecting to use the word decrepit. And I was like, you got, huh, all right, well, like. Um, I guess usually in an election year, it's not... It's already a really so our our assembly is night has a ninety day session yeah so it's already really short and I guess kind of fast and furious but in an election year this article is all about how in an election year usually it's not as crazy because people don't want to take strong stance on controversial right. things during an election year but that this is going to be an exception to the rule because. Trump? How is it a strong of, stance? You don't want rapists no, no. to have rights? 
Uh, no, sorry. No, no, that's not what I meant. The, um, it's that, that, that this session is going to be a strong, okay. uh, uh, there are going to be a lot of controversial gotcha. things in the session. I get, because usually um, they're like, no, I don't, like on the fence. And yeah, this they don't year, even yeah. bring them up. Not like they take a non-controversial yeah. stance. Like they won't bring it up because they don't want to vote on, like they don't want the voting yeah. record on it in an election year. Um, but I guess a lot of them are anxious to show Hogan for who he really is, for, for one. Um, and also to make sure that the um, Dems maintain control. Um, so yeah, which again, we can't like, yeah, it's Maryland. We're a progressive state, but I think if you look at some of the percentages of how like some of these people won their districts, like it's not like by like a 40% margin, like it's, we have to, I think we have to pay more attention than we think we do. Yeah. Or yeah. Is what I've heard. Yeah. Well, and Andy Harris is like always saying things that are, and he, He's always saying off-the-wall things because there are parts of Maryland that we don't really... I, I shouldn't say we. I don't really think about <laughs> when I'm talking about Maryland. And... I guess I... They are have very different politics from our part of Maryland. But Andy Harris and I... And I looked up the district and I don't remember it right now. But Andy Harris is also... I mean, he's Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. But he's... Isn't he also part of Baltimore County? Maybe. So, yeah. like, he's... He's from certain parts of Maryland where I don't necessarily think a lot of people live, that mm-hmm. it's like a tourist place, which is probably something they take huge offense to. Well, and also, <laughs> but I mean, if you're not a tourist there, you're probably like a chicken farmer or yeah. you or you haul crab or yeah. like something like that. It's a very different... Very blue collar. Yes. Yep. And I come from blue collar. No disrespect there. It's just not some... Sorry. Not something I think about not being from this state. Yeah. Originally. Um, but I think he also has pieces in, in ur- urban or suburban areas mm-hmm. as opposed to r- rural or shore town. Hmm. It's probably the least offensive way I could say that. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, yeah. I mean, I know what you mean. And when you're in Montgomery County, you don't, I don't know, you think of Maryland as so blue. Yeah. But it's actually just super populated where it's blue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in even me, my first exposure to Maryland was Baltimore County. And the parts of Baltimore County where I was are also very blue. Very rich in blue, but yeah. very blue. Um, I'm curious to see what Allison Galbraith does. She's very active on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'm curious she? to see. I haven't. Yeah. Alison Galbraith is, and I'm probably saying her name wrong, so I apologize. She is the woman running to challenge Andy Harris. Um, that's, she had a campaign event, I think, in Bel Air. That's I'm looking I'm at thinking. the map right now. Yeah. Bel Air, part, a little bit of Towson, like a weird, probably gerrymandered. Probably. <laughs> weird, weird little elbow into Towson. Lutherville, maybe. Um, yeah, like between that kind of looks like a weird Maryland. It shape. does, yeah. It's like an elongated Maryland. Yeah. That's how that's how we're gonna justify that one. Salisbury, <laughs> Easton, Elkton, yeah. Ocean City, all that. Look at it. It is. It is a weird. It's like the Maryland with a giant panhandle. Maryland's a weird. Oh, that's that's real. That is. A Mar- and like, what is this up here? Like Newmarket, maybe or something. Like between Frederick and Baltimore. Sykesville. Well, I guess down here is Newmarket. So up, what's above Newmarket? Uh, uh, wait. I know this. No, that's not Skaggsville. Spark- yes. 
<laughs> Skaggsville. 216, yes. Yeah, goes okay. all the way up to Skaggsville. I'm going to offend everybody who lives in Skaggsville, but it just sounds like somewhere I would never want to go. Um, I knew someone from college who lived in Skaggsville. Like he was like in one of my classes. Place. I agree, and I was like, I can't believe I met someone who lives in Skaggsville. And where's in his like West I've seen it on every side. I've never knew Westminster. It's got to be Westminster too. Seven ninety five. Yeah, Westminster, yeah. Carroll County. All right. So yes, the parts of Maryland I don't think about. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and similar to Salisbury. Like yeah, yeah. Um, in in po- in politics, the way politics. Like, yeah. the way I think of people, um, people's politics. Um, so, yeah, that's Andy Harris's district. But he, but he is, he's got to go, too. Who was in that, was there, this is totally off topic, but was there a Democrat in that seat before Andy Harris? I don't know. Because he's Tea Party, so was he, like, did he, like, yeah, primary or Yeah, he's been since 2011. Huh. Oh, because my, one of my college roommates. What a douchey picture. Her father, mm. uh. Uh, campaign for him. She's not proud of that. But, uh... <laughs> oh my goodness. He has an... Yeah, he has an... Yeah, office in Bel Air, office in Salisbury, office in Kent Island. That's just an office to park your boat at, I'm sure. <clears throat> Dickwad. Get some cake. Good, <laughs> yeah. Good cake out Oh, Kent. there's nothing wrong with Kent Island, <laughs> but what kind of office do you have in Kent Island? It's <laughs> like a shore house. Like, that's a beautiful place to go, but I don't think it's a place to have an office where... Your constituents can actually come see vacation you. Island. Vacation yeah, island. exactly. All right. In the vein of snark, why are we continuing to snark at Larry oh, Hogan? Okay, so let's keep snarking at Larry Hogan. There's this sick leave bill that um, this is also an article from the Washington Post, uh, and it, it's a recent article. Um, so they're opening the session. They're gonna fight over this this um, veto of the paid sick leave legislation. And Hogan's defense before was it's bad for business. And he's taken a lot of heat. The kind of the, I think the neat thing about Maryland only being 90 days is that they have a lot of time to go out and sell their ideas. Yeah. And like talk about their ideas to people and like go in the, you know, go in the media and give an interview and explain why. Can I just say, I don't give a shit if it's bad for business. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, like, you can't take money with you. Right. Like, you you can't. Like, right. the five-day work week is also bad for business. Like, I don't care. Yeah. So, progressive liberal female. But, yeah. like, I don't give a shit. I know. Well, that's how I feel about snow days. Like, when everybody's like, you can telework on a snow. How about everyone just enjoys a snow day? I don't have internet on You're snow gonna days. die when you're 80. Just enjoy a freaking <laughs> snow day. Every time it snows and our office is closed, my internet just doesn't work. Why I don't know what that it's is. It's amazing. <laughs> I just wish people could just enjoy a goddamn snow day. <laughs> Works every other day when I work from home, but when it snows, it's just, for some reason... It's just too cold. It doesn't work. <laughs> it's too cold. Um... Yeah, no, I totally agree. But it is cool that they've gotten to talk about it enough that they've put enough pressure on this bogus or who cares about it notion that it's bad for business. So Larry Hogan's trying a different tact, which is his his new way of, way of going about this is to say that it's bad for women. Look. Let me before we go into that. Let me just go back. It's not that I don't care about businesses because I am an employ employed by a business, right? But someday you're going to run for office and they're going to have all these. Podcasts. Yeah, 
And they're gonna call the two and of us for interviews, no. and we're gonna be like, "Yeah, we'll go on the record." <laughs> but and I, and I happen to work for a bin, business that does have, I think, great fringe benefits, if you will. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of leave time. We it's not divided sick versus vacate, whatever. But you need to make sure your employees are healthy enough to go to work. Mm-hmm. You don't want people who are sick coming to work because then they infect everybody else. They mm-hmm. infect your customers if they're customer facing. Like yeah. Yeah, a lot of it's people who work in restaurants yeah. Yeah. and who want somebody who's sick touching your food. Yeah. And if you're yeah. working in retail and you're folding clothes like yeah. or the jerk. grocery store the other day the woman packing my groceries into the bags was blowing her nose and I was like, no it's my food. I got it. <laughs> it's my so like you should want yeah, she probably had to go to work yeah, yeah. she did yeah exactly you're right yeah. like you sh- like as a business and 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 I also come from a family of small business owners you need you have to make sure your employees can actually do the job mm-hmm. like and and if you work at a grocery store if you work at retail you might not be doing heavy labor but they talk about small businesses which is construction and plumbing and all that like I don't want a guy with a flu yep. working on my pipe. Like, right. So, sorry. <laughs> it's not that I don't care. And women, <laughs> and women are caretakers of sometimes their own children, sometimes nieces and yeah. nephews, sometimes their parent, their aging parents, and like something can happen with one of them, and it's your it's your leave time. Yeah. How you de- how you do it is yeah your thing. So, just wanted to clarify. It's not that I don't give a shit, but... Yeah. No, I know, I know. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that's all right. Um, so, so now he's saying that it, it undermines people's privacy. Um, Shut the fuck up. Because, <laughs> I know, because if someone's a victim of sexual assault or domestic violence, um, they would have to report why they were, if you have, it, under the bill, you have to report if you're two days, more than two days in a consecutive days out, you have to report why or verify why you're get a doctor's out. Note, yeah, if it's, if you're sick, you get a doctor's note, if it's whatever. So, um, he's saying that it, that people who have been victims of sexual assault or domestic violence, um, who need medical help or legal help, they might need to use their sick days to get legal help for something that's happening in their lives, um, that they would it would undermine their privacy if they had to disclose why they were out of the office. Um, he he did propose an alternative with this built into it, but um, it's just it's just an excuse for him to put all the other things in it that he wants to put in it. Right, like I thought there was like a lot of like. I feel like I'm gonna lose my eye. Like there was a lot of um, <laughs> uh, what they used to call it, pork legislation mm-hmm. in pork in barrel, pork yeah. barrel legislation in his. Like it was a lot. Like we're gonna throw this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna give money to charter. I don't think that was in there, but just yeah, things he likes. Um, and it was like, dude, just sign this one. And like, this is like someone saying, uh, as a runner, this is like me saying, oh. There's like a 10% chance of rain. I'm not going to run outside today. Like, that's what that bullshit is. Like, put a hat on and go outside or go on the treadmill. But, like, this is not a reason. Right. 
Well, and even Brian Frosch, who's the attorney general, his office um, commented on the record for the post and was like, no. <laughs> this, can, this can be resolved nope. without any additional legislation. There doesn't need to be a new bill. This small issue... I mean, not that it's small for a woman to be abused, but this small issue with this bill can be can be resolved without brand new legislation, this adding anything else that would harm women in I the hate long when run. men use women. As I do a fucking too. excuse. This me. perceived roadblock, yeah, <laughs> to use my project management speech, yeah. is not. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's using women. It's I don't it's, know, and they and they go on record too, saying like it further victimizes the women. It's the oh, they're there. It's, oh, we have to take care of you. You know, you're not thinking of think of the women, right? Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, like, and they know just what they're doing. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's if they had come at this at it this way from the beginning, it still would have been bad. But it's even worse because that he vetoed it. He gave his reasons. He lost in the court of public opinion. So now he's grasping at straws, and the straws he's choosing to grasp at are women who've been sexually abused and, like, beaten up in their homes. Yep. Hey, Larry. How about term, you? Larry. Yeah. <laughs> how about you worry about those freezing school children in Baltimore? So, let us worry about... <laughs> how about you worry about that? What mm. on earth do you need heated sidewalks for? Like, where... Are you not wearing shoes outside? What are you doing? Uh, he's, no ice. No ice. Oh. No ice. Okay, but still, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Like you no, clearly have a staff to put ice, to put salt on it, but it's to prevent the ice. Okay, no, I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, no, um, not everyone's dad's a plumber. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I asked that same question using that same expletive, and my father just looked at me, and he goes, "Ice can't form on hot sidewalks." I was like, "Ooh, got it." <laughs> Makes sense. Sorry about the F word. <laughs> He's still a dick. Yeah. Yes, he still totally is a dick. Like, he could create jobs by hiring someone to take care of, you know. Well, and they would have to, to rewire. I don't know if you, um, so they did a GoFundMe for those, for the kids so that they could get space heaters for the classrooms. And they, their goal was like 20000 They ended up with $75,000. <laughs> because if there's one thing people can agree on, school children shouldn't well, freeze. Well, I mean, and the pictures of them huddled in their coats. Yeah. Um. Didn't they also fire some librarian, Baltimore city or county schools, and the teachers at the school paid their own money to pay the person's salary? It's, oh, that right. sounds familiar. <sighs> yeah, and I'm sure they make a lot of money. What is going on in Baltimore? I know, I know. Well, he, it, there was some budget shortfall, and they wanted. They wanted money for something, and he was like, no, you can't have money for... Like, it was a whole... It's like a constant... I guess Baltimore hates him as much as we do. Yeah, I'm sure. I, like, I don't I don't know, but that's what it seems like. He has a lot of vitriol for Baltimore City and Montgomery County. Yeah. Um. Well, so after they got... All, they raised all this money for the space heaters, Um. they had to go back... And tell everybody who had donated to the GoFundMe, we want to be up front. We're going to use your money to buy coats and hats and gloves for all the kids who need them in Baltimore because the electrical systems in the schools aren't them. even and like well done and like updated enough to handle space heaters. So like they had the money for the space heaters and they can't even fucking plug them in. Yeah. Because that's how bad the schools are. I, 
But again, lots of heated sidewalks. Yeah. The government. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I. (laughs) Right. Just because I know what they're for doesn't mean I agree with it. Yeah. Well, and the lieutenant governor made some statement or tweeted, like, if those were my kids in that school, I'd be down there complaining, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, oh, really? Because I'm pretty sure those parents have three jobs. And so, also, I'm pretty sure that it's your job, whether they're your kids or not, you're and, the lieutenant governor of the state. And no, like, pay, and you're trying to see to it that they have no paid sick leave. Yeah, I know. Like, what do you want them to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Yeah. No all child those, care. All these things are true. Can't, can't keep the kids home. No. Like, we're not. Talking. Wouldn't it be great if, since they have to work three jobs to pay taxes, that your salary that's paid for by the taxes they pay, paid for someone who could advocate for them <laughs> to get their kids heat in their fucking elementary schools? Well, because part of the fight with him in Baltimore was related <sighs> to funding for education. Like yeah. that, I remember. I don't remember specifics, but it was related to education where he didn't want to give the school system money. Because he wants fucking charter schools. Yeah. Danielle Mativ, who is running for county council, not an endorsement. Just uh, a discussion. <laughs> yeah. Was posting on Facebook because uh, schools had off one day and then early release another day for what amounted to barely anything. And she was like... That's great for all you middle and upper class people who can afford to take off or have childcare for your kids, but like people whose kids get free lunch and it might be their only hot meal of the day now don't get it because Montgomery County can't handle. I well, agree. She, I agree with that. Except she it got was a sheet of ice today. She got her. She got her proverbial handed to her because. There was a person, I don't know if he worked for the school system, because I was reading that thread, because I was like, ooh, popcorn. See where this goes. Where it, it explains it has to do with when the snow and ice fall versus when the school buses leave. So mm-hmm. that particular day she was talking about, the school buses leave a lot at 530. Especially, yeah, high school starts at 725. Yeah, the, so the school buses leave a lot at 530. If the roads... I changed it. I think it used to, and they changed it. Oh, just like by 20 minutes. Yeah, Yeah. I only know because I live right across from a high school. He was saying that, so the buses leave at 5.30, and if the roads aren't clear by 5.30, like, they can't can't do anything. And and it depends, again, on the timing of the roads cleared, if there's going to be a delay, if there's going to be no school. But that particular day, there was a sheet of ice. And then someone also commented on that and said they work really hard to make sure those kids who are supposed to get, like, free meals... Still get meals. Yeah. So. I didn't read the comments. <laughs> it was one of those experiences where I didn't regret reading the comments. So kudos to Danielle. But um, there were a lot of, there was a lot of intelligence discussion in there saying like, like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes like I hear kids don't have school and I'm like, that's freaking ridiculous. Like yeah. when my husband's home from school because they cancel in Virginia, but it's the same thing there where it's the bus system. I also kind of think it was, like, my daughter had um, a basketball game over the weekend, and it was freezing cold. So Montgomery County Public Schools are heated and cooled on a central system. There's no thermostat in the individual school to adjust. So heat goes on a certain day, AC goes on a certain day, and it's it's not yeah. manual. So, like, we were, so I'm sure to save money, which makes perfect sense, they have it set to lower down at night and yep. come back on in the morning. And um, I'm sure on weekends it's even less so. And the, all those cold days in a row, 
it was I was in my winter coat in the gym watching yeah. her play basketball. It was freezing. And I kind of thought that morning when they had not this morning, which was a sheet of ice, but like the other day when they had that late or that uh two hour delay, I kind of wonder if it was that they couldn't heat the schools up fast. Because it was <laughs> negative ten. Because because it was so many days in a row of that cold. Yeah. Which is an adjustment they need to make like like I see, I do see her point, and and I think her point was they don't plan well to take care of the problem before it's a problem. Right, right. And her thing, and she did say like we get snow every year, and I totally agree with that. Like sometimes there's like three inches of snow, and I'm like, why isn't anybody in school? Right. But lately it's been ice. Yeah, yeah. The ice is more, yeah. and I, and I agree with her that we need to. Well, that was one of the unlaw things was the um the lunches for kids, every, like the free and reduced lunch, the yeah. free and reduced lunch one, like a lot of those kids. Also, like spring break, don't they don't yeah. get food at spring break? They don't get food at winter break. Like um, Nourish Now actually yep. does, um, uh, and Mana too. They do collections. Um, Mana and Nourish Now do things where they pack backpacks and pack like um, those string backpacks and stuff. Yeah, with things like applesauce, um, the mac and cheese that you can put in the microwave with just water, things like that, so that um, when kids are on. Winter break and spring break, they can um, they can still have a meal yeah. during the day because that is a really good point that kids who are um, yeah. But the other the other thing the only other thing I will say about that too is that there are teachers who can't afford to live in Montgomery County yeah because teacher salaries can't pay for Montgomery County <laughs> and they live far away. And, and if you're really, driving from Frederick yeah. to Montgomery County, you're gonna need a sub on oh, some yeah. of those on some of those days because there's just no and it would be great if there was a commuter line or something that they could take. Yeah. But like Don't worry, Larry Hogan's gonna put in uh toll lanes on two seventy. Yeah, sixty six dollars awesome. a trip. Just like Virginia. <laughs> um, um but, but that but that but like yeah, it's like a nuance. She's right. We do need to find a way to help those yeah. kids get food. But it seemed like there was, not that it's a total solution, but it seemed like there are some things in place that probably need mm-hmm. a lot more support. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had never, I never knew that it was dependent on based on the school buses leave and all that because I walked to school when I was a kid. There is one person in the superintendent's office who makes mm-hmm. this decision. Do you know this? It's yeah, like the main person. That kid, I th- well, when I was in high school, their son, I think, went to my... Oh, n- and then Don't. there are two, because one of them, the Mr. Wandress was one of the ones. Well, and so he, was just and, like a rumor. Never, yeah. That still never <laughs> existed. I don't know. I went to a big school. Well, I mean, the, it might be more than one, but he was no, one of the it, people in I charge. Was just like one. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to school with Katie and Nikki Wandress, and I felt bad for them on days when everyone wanted to be home and they oh. didn't maybe call us that day. graduated. Oh, maybe their younger brother. Maybe they moved or something. And they did have a younger brother who was younger than I was. Maybe they moved to Wooten School District. I don't know. Patrick I mean, Wandress, that was his name. He was little when I was. I have no idea. <clears throat> I went to something a few weeks ago where I saw a bunch of people I went to high school with, and I couldn't remember a single fucking person's name. Uh-huh. And I, or yeah. like I was like looking at people, and I was with a friend. She was like, "Yeah, he was in our class." I was like, "Really? Don't know who." When you went to high school, when you go to high school with only sixty six other people, you tend to remember. Yeah, yeah, your graduating class must have been pretty big, right, Wooten? Yeah, it was like 
like, I forget exactly, between six and 800. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mine was no, like 240 <laughs> at Rockville. I don't know. That was all to my story. But yeah, no, Larry Hogan sucks. Yeah, Larry Hogan is dumb. It's 2018 is the year Paul Ryan loses his job, and also the year Larry Hogan loses. A lot of people are losing their jobs. Woo! We're gonna have a lot of boy buy gifts to send around. Oh my god! Can we send Paul Ryan a vibrator? (laughs) (laughs) What? Can we send Paul Ryan a vibrator? Very off topic. Very off topic. So story behind this. There is a story. So you remember when Clive Bundy and his Whatever took over that yeah, white privilege. What? White privilege? How you're allowed to take over federal land? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yes, Clive Bundy. Yeah. So, and I think it was Gawker because I think Gawker was still alive because people were sending them care packages to help them. Gawker sent them like a box full of vibrators, and they told people like send your vibrators. So now it, that you say it, why? Because it's funny. Oh. <laughs> Should get him one with Mike Pence's face on it. <laughs> oh, God. <that's> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> or Trump's face, since Trump's really what did it. Yeah. But, yeah, totally off topic. It has nothing to do with women, except vibrators are awesome. Like, I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Clean transition to our next topic. <laughs> which is Ralph Northam. Oh, so Ralph Northam uh, has assembled the state's first majority female cabinet. There are 15 cabinet level positions in Virginia's um, cabinet, and he has eight women who he has whom he has appointed. And he um, tweeted out in reference to our favorite Canadian Prime Minister. Hell yeah! No vibrator needed there. <laughs> Justin Trudeau, who said it's 2015 when asked why he had a 50-50 cabinet. Um, I love that man. Me too. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, that picture of him. Yeah, okay. Um, And Ralph Northam tweeted out, well, it's 2018, uh, to confirm that he had indeed appointed, um, had, had filled his cabinet with eight women, seven men. I like that he went the 8-7 route instead of the 7-8 route. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's a good kind of, because at the beginning, remember, there was like a little weirdness. It seemed like he was, like he had been he had been elected and then he like made some public statements that were a little driving to the middle of the road, kind of. Like, was that him? It was him and Doug Jones. Jones. I remember Doug Jones. Yeah. And I remember it was thinking, in the same week. And I remember thinking, well, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I was in the same week. I remember week. you saying that on the podcast <laughs> <Well>. two weeks ago. <laughs> um, so this is good. I think this is really good that he's doing that, and hopefully uh, more people will follow suit. Hopefully we'll get a new governor who will also appoint a majority female cabinet. Hopefully the governor governor will be a female. I know. uh, Cummings' wife had to drop out, huh? He's sick. He's sick? Yeah. He was hospitalized and she had to drop out. Oh, I missed that news. I heard the tail end of the report saying someone was dropping out of the race because her husband was sick. And I know. It had to be. Yes. It was in the past 48 hours. I think. I saw it on Twitter. Because I heard it on the radio and I was not. What's he sick with? 
I don't know. cancer? Um, I don't know. I will look it up right now. I I feel like it was it was yesterday because I was in Princeton listening to the radio program I listened to that is decidedly not feminist. But hospitalized for treatment of a bacterial infection. Oh yeah. So why she? He's at Johns that? Hopkins. Maybe it's more than that, and they're just saying that now. Or maybe he's gonna be there a while. Yeah. Leave it to a man. Squash a woman's dreams. <laughs> yeah. Man cold. I I was reminded of the, what it was at the last episode of The Crown season two where Elizabeth is talking to yet another male prime minister <laughs> who has to, <laughs> who has to drop out and she like says something like, I've got like, it's amazing to yeah, me that yeah. all of these men quit while I'm here like. Yeah, I've gone through three prime yeah. ministers. It's a very, like, and she's still young. Like, she's in her, she's in her mid to late 30s at the point. And it's mm-hmm. the, th- the third or the fourth prime minister. No, the third. Churchill, Antony, and then whoever this guy was. And That second guy was there for, like, ten minutes. I was like, who was this again? He, well, he was with Churchill. But, yeah. He, um, where she's just, like, and this is the third time. I mean, Churchill was old. But the third time that they're because of their health, they're and she's like, yeah. Meanwhile, while woman's ninety something, yeah, still kicking <laughs> and like having cocktails every day apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Secret to save her life. Yeah. I watched the first episode because my mother in law is really into it and she wanted us to watch it and I said I'm not against watching it. I just know if I get into it, I'm gonna binge it. So I'd rather wait until like. Summer when the kids are at camp, like whatever, like when I have more time. I took to, a day off from to work. get into it. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I was like, I'm not. I don't not want to watch it. I want to watch it. I just don't have time, to, like, to sit and watch it. Okay, so in going with the theme of what I think that if you want something done, give it to a group of teenage girls. Um, extra credit if it's an all girls, a group from an all girls high school, <laughs> as I have personal experience in that. Um. <laughs> there were there was a group of girls who at Holy Cross who well essentially a substitute teacher and field hockey coach was fired after um these these ladies discovered his white supremacist ties and those ties include the fact that he works for Richard Spencer's think tank um, Richard Spencer is like the alt-right neo-Nazi guy who just keeps getting punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> he got kicked out of that, what's it, that, was it a winery? Was oh, it? Yes. Rockland's. Rockland's winery, yep, they they re- revoked his event. That's the second time he's shown up in Maryland doing shit. He went to UVA. He was in D.C. a few times, yeah. Oh, I know, but like, in Montgomery County. Yeah. Yeah. His tentacles. Yeah. Um, well, remember we found when we looked it up, we found that we have hate groups in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. So, no, well, we definitely do. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that he, I guess, he was using an alternate identity in his work with this group. Um, and he used an alias on Twitter, and he used the account to send out several problematic tweets, including remarks as Hitler did not commit any crime. Yeah, hot take. Nice guy. Nice dude. Um, he also didn't use chemical weapons against his own people. Oh, he took that directly from Sean Spicer. <laughs> Jesus. Um, 
Uh, but they also discovered Sean footage. Sean Spicer's in the news again. You guys, that was like less, it's only been one year. Sean Spicer feels like it was two decades ago. Sean Spicer just said Oprah can't run for president because TV stars aren't qualified and they have a hard time adjusting to Sean Spicer should have stayed in the life. Easter Bunny costume. He should have, yeah. At least he got to meet the Pope. Um, but the, his students discovered footage of this particular oh, teacher fuck. attending the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville back in August. Um, uh, and, yeah, so they alerted school officials because, number one, if it's on the internet... Dude, we're going to find it. Yeah. Number two, do not underestimate teenage girls in a group. Yeah. Um, just don't. Especially when it comes to finding information out. Um, his response was that he doesn't regret it. Um, he liked work, working at the school and he'll miss everybody, but he understands the political situation and he expected them to act as they did. So we think lawsuit coming? I don't know. No. I want to shove that cigar from his interview. This lit cigar right back up his nose. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't see that picture. Oh, he looks like it. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think he also said one of his quotes was something about, like, diversity and... Um, diversity leads to social problems. There you it go. leads to conflict. It leads to war. Before taking a weak puff of a cigar, because of course he would. What a dude! I want to shove it burning side up right through his nostril. And these people are just such a bunch of cowards that if they were ever confronted with anybody, like, that's why you do it under a pseudonym, right? And that's why you do, like, they're such feckless little turds. Hitler didn't use a pseudonym, guys. You like him so much? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really... I'm waiting for the little mustache to come back. Oh, God. I'm sure it is in the bowels of the internet. I'm sure it's back. The hair cut's coming back. Oh, yeah, they all have that haircut. And it's like, there's a reason that went out of style, guys. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I mean, that's great that those ladies found that out and reported it. And also great that the school was just like, nope. Yep. See you later. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was cool that, like, young girls do get a lot of flack for being mean Yep. And for being, you know, and this was an example of girls, young women working together and using investigative minds and tools for good and uh, calling someone out. And that's brave, too, to to be girls that age and go to the administration of a school and say, here's what we dug up. Get this guy out of here. Yeah. It's pretty, I don't know. I thought that was really... Cool. I mean, you have adults in workplace situations who won't do that. Yeah. And these are high school age girls who who had the courage to do so. Yeah. Which is great. Pretty cool. What do we have in the way of chapter events? So our February chapter meeting is going to be on um, February 21st. It would normally be on the 14th, but we didn't want to get in the way of anybody's Valentine's Day plans. So we switched it up for that month. And we are not assuming you are spending Valentine's Day with a significant other. No. We'll be at the Women's Legislative Briefing um, on the 28th of January, and we will be at the, uh, sitting at the Maryland Now table hanging out, so come say hi for at least part of it. It's in Rockville, right? It surely is. University is a shady grove. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... 
and hopefully some more social stuff coming up that we can talk about in the next couple weeks. We're trying to trying to reassess and do fun things. And if you want to find us on social media to hear about all these amazing fun things we're doing, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women. Um, I want to give a shout out to Lindsay from Madison now, who was on our podcast a few months ago. So I was talking to her on the phone and directing her to our website, and I did the whole podcast spiel uh, when I was talking to her, and she was <laughs> laughing at me. Um, so, uh, yeah, MCMD Now, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, MCMDNow.org is our website, and you can join our chapter right there on our website. Speaking of the Madison Now, um, Mara and I were geeking out together because we found out that we have a mutual podcast favorite outside of this one <laughs> yeah if this is your favorite which sure it is can give us five stars on itunes to help other people find it Ooh, and who is our woman of the week this week so this week's woman of the week is joan baez whose birthday is today and the day we're recording it uh january 9th um she started at boston university in 1958 and she was already passionate about music and activism at that time. She played folk songs about, among other topics, poverty, war, and love for fellow students and Bostonians in coffee houses around Cambridge. Joan played at the Newport Folk Festival at age 18 and was soon signed to a record deal with Vanguard Records in 1960. In 1963, Joan started a tour with Bob Dylan, who was little known to the world at that time. She is known for introducing songs of her contemporaries and Latin American songwriters to the mainstream. Joan's activism took her all over the country. She sang in the Deep South in support of the Civil Rights Movement, and she sang at the 1963 March on Washington, at which Martin Luther King Jr. gave his I Have a Dream speech. In 1964, she withheld 60% of her income taxes from the federal government in protest of military spending. Ooh, can we do that? <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump doesn't pay taxes. So. <laughs> um, in 1965, she co-founded the Institute for the Study of Nonviolence in Carmel, California. In 1966, she joined Cesar Chavez in striking migrant farm workers to support their demand of fair wages. And that same year, she sang at a Christmas vigil at San Quentin Prison to protest the death penalty. Joan was also a performer at Woodstock in 1969. Joan played the main stage at the festival, but was one of the only booked musicians who played on the free stage as well. She gave her first name to the organizer at the free stage who didn't recognize her. She played five songs on the main stage, but played seven on the free stage. Joan used her music to advocate for civil rights in other countries as well and dedicated her first Spanish-language album to those enduring the rule of Augusto Pinochet in Chile. She also marched with the Irish peace people to call for an end to violence in the country in 1978. That same year, she appeared at rallies on behalf of the Nuclear Freeze Movement and performed at benefit concerts to defeat California Proposition 6, 
which was a law that would have banned openly gay people from teaching in California's public schools, and founded Humanitas International Human Rights Committee. She remained the head of the committee for 13 years after its founding. Joan continued using her talent and stardom for good in the 1980s, performing at Amnesty International's Conspiracy of Hope Tour in 1986, the People's Summit Concert in Iceland, at the same time as the meeting between Reagan and Gorbachev, a 1989 concert in Czechoslovakia, which President Václav Havel called a great influence in the Velvet Revolution. Through the 1990s and 2000s, Joan continued to advocate for human rights and free speech and to perform in support of those causes, and in honor of many contemporary artists as well as the next generation of female voices. In 2009, Joan performed at the Peace Ball in Washington, D.C. after attending the inauguration of President Barack Obama, and in June of that same year, Joan played for Nelson Mandela at his 90th birthday celebration in Hyde Park in London. Joan has performed and worked with countless organizations to promote nonviolent protests, human rights, refugee relief, and many other philanthropic causes. In her mid-70s, Joan Baez still embodies the folk music movement. I just remember that Jenny and Forrest Gump wanted to be Joan Baez. Uh, we only had the Joan Baez album where she sings songs in Spanish when I was a kid. Mm. And I, like, she sings, like, classic, like, folk song, like, De Colores and Guantanamera and stuff. And I, I those are the only versions I knew of those songs. And then when I found Joan Baez, like, I don't know, somehow she was singing something. I was like, who is this? And someone said Joan Baez. I was like, Joan Baez speaks English? Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea who she was. It's like but Selena. You just, but she just sang my Spanish songs like one else. Selena learned English real quick. <laughs> I'm surprised. Like, my mom was totally into um, Carol King and... Uh, Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Thank you. Yes, Carol King. Um, well, not so much Joni Mitchell. Very much Carol King. Stevie Nicks. Like, the, like that kind. Like, she liked that kind of music. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Janice Ian was the one I couldn't get out of my mouth. Um, and I'm, maybe I know Joan Baez songs and I just don't know that I know mm. them. Joe Hill. That's a good one. I'll look this she, up. She does an um, excellent cover of The Night They Drove All Dixie Down. Yes, she sure does. That's a, <laughs> I, I played that to Eric. I was like, you've never heard this song before? <laughs> it's way better than the band's version. Yeah. Um, the your categories. <laughs> One of the citations She's of this woman of the week is an article written by Alyssa Blattman for uh, the women's really? history. Oh, look at that. Do we still, and totally ignorant question, which I'm so awesome at asking, but do we still do those kinds of things? Benefit like, concerts? Yeah. Like, not, like, we still do benefit con. Do we still do real benefit concerts that aren't like super commercialized? Because that's what I feel like. I, I went to the Vote for Change one, which was not commercialized when Carrie was running. Michael and I went. He's a huge Bruce fan, and Bruce was fine. And he did this whole thing about voting for John Kerry, like in gospel style with his guitar that was kind of neat. Like he just I like went, went on and on. College. You went to the same one. It was Dixie Chicks were there. Where the one I went to, Horizon oh, Center. No, I didn't go to that. Oh, okay. So Dixie Chicks were there and James Taylor, and they came, They did their set, and then James Taylor did his set. Did and they then, sing Shower the People together? No, they sang Sweet Baby James together. Oh. And it was one of the best 
songs I've ever heard live. Alyssa, they were number so one, beautiful. Is, is very disappointed that the answer to that question is no. For those oh my god, you can't see her for Natalie, her face. Natalie can kill that song. They might have sung that by themselves. They did. I mean, in I mean, that concert, in yeah. I don't remember, but they they sang "Sweet Baby James" together, and it was so beautiful. But their voices sounded so beautiful together. But like we don't. I mean, Natalie. Yeah. But we don't do that. I don't know. Yeah. And, and maybe there are and they're smaller and I just don't know. I just feel like everything's super. Yeah. Not really. Commercialized. I mean, like the person who uh, like took benefit concerts to a whole new level was Bill Graham. I don't know who Bill Graham uh, is. Who was a music promoter. In mm-hmm. the 60s, he owned the Fillmore. Um, oh. Well. The San so, Francisco Fillmore. Yeah. Well, and See, the, I and know the, stuff. And the, and the <laughs> Fillmore East as well. <laughs> He was the manager for Jefferson Airplane oh. for some time. And also, like, helped promote, like, Janis Joplin concerts and everything. But he started Live Aid. Oh. That. Farm Aid. Remember, Farm Aid was, like, a cool one to go to in college. People would volunteer and, like, do. I never went, but it was a thing. When was Farm Aid? In the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, when I was in co- when I was in college, <laughs> I was not a woke teenager. I'm not a woke adult, but <laughs> no, I, know, I mean I don't know that everybody who did that was woke. I think they were more into like the music. yeah, the music and getting in free. So you Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.